All right. Um, so, um, if you want to open your Bibles, uh, I am actually going to just read the first nine verses. And um, instead of making you guys stand and sit and stand and sit, we'll stand for the first nine verses. And then, um, I, as I read through, then, then we can go ahead and sit down. So, if you guys will go ahead and turn with me, uh, and we can follow along. And, and if you wouldn't mind standing while I read these first nine verses, that's uh, an old tradition that I, I just really enjoy. And it's simple. All right, so here we are at the very beginning. Again, uh, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. So it sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear, uh, they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on the good soil, and it came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. This is the word of the Lord. So... I feel like there are so many, uh, so many times where, you know, there's those parables that we hear, and they're so common. They're just, we hear them all the time. And, and my caution to you, and, and kind of my, my running theme, the main point that I want us to all be thinking is, what soil are you? What soil am I? Because I think that we, we, we always, and I know that the first time somebody asked that question, I was almost like, wait, what? I mean, I'm here, I'm reading the Bible, clearly, obviously. Um, but if we really take some time, we have to recognize how tricky we are as individuals. And that, that how often uh, we are the masters of deception as humans, right? But it's, it's not always who we think we're deceiving. Uh, we, uh, we have an incredible ability to fool ourselves. And, uh, and that like everyone else in the room understands that something is true except you, right? Uh, it's, it's, you know, when you have your shirt on backwards or, or, or where, whatever the simple thing it might be, you're the last one to figure it out. Uh, have you guys ever heard or seen the show uh, Hoarders? Uh, yeah, some of you? Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those like guilty pleasure shows where, you know, you're, you're kind of like, you don't, you know, that's not the headline of, that's my favorite show. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I just, it's, it's hard to stop watching, Right. And so the theme of hoarders, if you haven't seen the show, uh, is that, you know, there are people uh, that, and, and many of them live average lives outside of their home. 
And over time, they start to collect things. They start to have more and more stuff. And, and very quickly, this, this stuff starts piling up in their home. And eventually, it gets to this extreme where they have so much stuff crammed into this house that they can't even use their bedrooms anymore. They can't even find their toilet anymore because, you know, they've bought so many toilet bowl cleaner bottles or whatever it is that the, that the whole room is just full. Uh, and many times it's actually full of new things, like they never even use them, uh, or it, it could be anything. And it's interesting as the show goes on because almost every time they're the last ones to figure out that there's a problem, Right? They're the last ones to figure out that, that there's anything wrong. And, and sometimes you do have the exception, but it's all of their neighbors or friends or, or other people are like, hey, this, is, this has gotten out of hand. And usually the response is, oh, well, I just like collecting, right? We all, you know, we all like collecting some things. Or I never want to run out. I, I never want to run out again. I mean, we all remember the, the toilet paper shortage, although I, I kind of watched it from overseas. I was in, you know, everybody in Korea where I was living at the time was kind of laughing because we were, you know, watching the news where, you know, hordes of people were, you know, scavenge, you know, tearing down Costco to get more toilet paper. But, you know, those, those fears, that fear, it's like, oh, I just like collecting things. Oh, I'm afraid. I never, I never want to run out again. Or, oh, it was on sale, Right? I mean, that's, you know, why did you buy 47? Well, it was on sale. It's like, yeah, but you only use like one, one a year. It's like, <laughs> you know, uh, so, but, but the point is the real thing that's happening here is I'm afraid, right? Like I, I'm, I'm suffering from greed. I, I feel alone. And when I go shopping, it makes me feel better. And I think that that loneliness, it can creep into all of our lives. And we, we grasp and we look for these other sources that we can find, find that, that satisfaction, find that, that fulfillment. But of course, the stuff is never going to, like, the, the stuff never, I mean, sure, yeah, clicking buy is like the most exciting thing of shopping on Amazon. And then you get the item and you're like, oh. Like, but it's the same thing we all go through together. And, and I know that it, even in, you know, it's the wrestle that we all deal with, that we're all trying to wrestle through these feelings, wrestle through the challenges of the parable of the soils, that we're, we're all going through these different things. But I want us, as we read those things, Jesus is applying, he's applying the soil to us. And and we have to really evaluate just because we're, you know, just because we're sitting here doesn't really, it just means that we made it, right? It just means that we made it through the cold and the snow. Um, you know, and so we have, to, we have to recognize what the problem is and recognize that we are all dealing, we're all wrestling through these same struggles, but we're, they're going to be covered up differently. And how many people in that hoarder show when their friends or family finally were allowed into the house, like, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea that it was this bad. I knew that they liked collecting toothbrushes, but I didn't know that they had collected 45,000 toothbrushes or, you know, whatever. And so, um, 
I, I loved the uh, couple, maybe a couple months ago, maybe two months ago, we talked, uh, Joe talked about how, like, we're all struggling with those questions. Am I loved? Am I loving back? Am I making a difference? And, and we all are, are looking for different things to satisfy us. You see, from the very beginning in the garden, it was the same. Does God love me? Do I love him? Maybe there's another way. Maybe there's a different way to get this love or, or to, have, to make a difference in the world. Maybe I don't need to follow his plan. Maybe I got a different plan. Maybe, maybe there's a dream out there that God hasn't thought of for me, and, and I, can, I can chase it, and I can, I can get there on my own. And, and, you know, does God really know what good is? What is good anyway? What is good? Anyway, we start to take apart, well, good soil. Oh, I don't know. I mean, what does good mean, right? Good is what's, you know, what makes me happy. Or good is, you know, what gets me ahead. Well, I think we all have to ask, what is good? And we have to go to Scripture. Because I think that, the, you know, we have... We have this trick that we always play on ourselves, right? Like we're the last one in the room to actually figure something out. Like as a teacher, like, gosh, like, uh, as, you know, in seventh grade, like I had to, like my first few years, like there was one time um, that literally I had a student that came like after class as he was walking out and goes, you know, I took your pen. And I was like, what? No, it's right here. And he goes, yeah, and I put it back in your pocket without you noticing, right? And, and, you know, it's those funny things that, you know, middle schoolers like to always, you know, they get away with. But we see that, that we often are not the best track. We, we don't often have the best standard in our own mind because obviously if we're going to make a standard of good, I have to be somewhere towards the top. Well, in Scripture, in Scripture, in 1 John 1.8, it says, if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves. We're, we are, like, we're not being honest. And, and then in Romans 6, 6 through 7, it's like, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Man, freedom sounds great. So if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves, gosh, we've been lied to, right? We've been lied to. We've been tricked and cheated. But the cheater, the trickster, gosh, they're sitting so close to you. They, they, they came to church with you. They even dressed up in the same clothes as you. My greatest deceiver is me, so often. My greatest, my greatest, like, the person who's lying to me is me. And, and I think if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, each of us is honest with ourselves, that's kind of, that's kind of our, our story, too. Each of us has to recognize how many times that that we need those other people in our lives to help us and to, to open up those and be like, wow, you're right. Gosh, I, I didn't see that. I didn't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize. 
guys, who's, what am I going to, like, what are we going to do? What can we do? It's, it's, it's kind of like that, that children's story about the emperor with no clothes, right? Like, everybody realizes that the emperor has no clothes except the emperor. And, and in the story, the way it goes is the designer didn't do his job, and he thought, well, I'll just convince everybody that I did my job. Um, but everybody really deep down knows that he didn't do his job until eventually everybody finally verbalizes. The little kid, of course, is the one that finally, you know, shouts out, ha-ha. And I think that's why, that's why I always loved working with middle schoolers, as difficult as they can be, uh, is that they were never afraid to, like, say the hard thing, right? Um, and, and so sometimes that can be vicious. Uh, and, and you just kind of, you know, uh, kind of hang your head and thank you. That was really rude. Maybe we won't say that again next time. And you kind of move on. Um, but as we come back to this question, what soil are you? What soil are you? We have to just really follow in the footsteps of 2 Corinthians 13, 5, where Paul challenges the Corinthian church. And if you know Corinthians, wow, it's a hot mess. It, it is just a really messy church. And Paul keeps, you know, trying to encourage them to say, hey, yeah, you, you're messy, but that's, you know, but you keep coming back, right? You keep coming back. And so here, towards the very end of his second letter, um, he, challenges, he challenges the church, and he says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine, to see if you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is among you or in you, depending on the translation? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Of course, tests, nobody wants to fail a test. But I think that that, that, that is like a, that is something that I consider in my own life all the time. Where it's not like I'm doubting. It's not like I'm doubting if Jesus is enough. Or, or if maybe I had said the right prayers or, or done the right, you know, liturgies or, or done the right things or I've served God enough because it was never about, my salvation is not about me. It's about what Jesus has done but at the same time, like, what, like, how in the world can we understand where we are in the faith? How can we test our faith? How can we test the soil? So many tools that we can test soil. And yet, we find ourselves always ready to be like, well, you know, you know no judge. Don't judge, right? You know, I'm just busy here. You know, all these different things. But even Paul says, yeah, but you're, you do need to be evaluating yourself. You need to be, uh, you know, just challenging. And, and, and so if we're, looking at, if we're looking at all of this, are we the good soil? How can we be sure what soil we are? Well, do you love him? Do you love Jesus? Where is Jesus in your life? Where is Jesus in your life? Do you love his people? Do you love church? Do you love his word? Do you, do you love coming to worship? Is, it, is he the first thing in the morning that you're thinking about? Is he the last thing that you're thinking about as you lie down in bed? 
Is it, is it something that you are just constantly looking forward to? Are you planning around, uh, are you planning your vacations around being able to worship? Or maybe, I mean, like so many of us, we're like, oh, great. They canceled because of blank. Or, man, it'll be nice not to have to go to church over vacation because we're, in, we're on vacation. Well, I mean, think about it if, you told, if that's the way you treated your spouse, right? Well, you know, I'm on vacation, so we don't actually have to hang out together. Um, well, I mean, how do we show people that we love, right? Like if we said, uh, hey, I love you, but I, we're, we're never actually going to go on a trip together, at, at, like just to hang out. Um, and, uh, but that's, that's something that we can be thinking about is, is where is Jesus in our life? Is he like an add-on? Is he an extra that we kind of, you know, hang out with every once in a while? Or is he so central? Is he so central that it's just everything? And we just can't wait. We're like at the end of, at the end of church, we're like getting ready and we're excited. Oh, what can I, I can't wait to study this together in small group. Because like, man, I learned some things about Jesus and oh, I can't wait to, to look it up. And, or I can't wait to read more. I can't read to look at these other connections. And I get it. Like, man, I mean, even in marriage, I mean, even in any relationship, there are times where you feel excited to spend time together, and there are times where that's the last person you want to hang out with. And that happens. That's real. If we're honest about soil, about what good soil, it's like, man, there are, there are days or weeks that my soil is hard. But I, I'm not content like, I recognize, like, yeah, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like, my relationship is bland. And I'm, I'm not content with that. I'm not okay with bland. I'm not okay with, with a relationship with Jesus or a relationship with my spouse that, that I just keep showing up and doing the duty, doing, doing the different steps just because, because I, I don't know, I don't want the stigma of giving up. I don't want the, you know, the difficulty or whatever it is. But that's not the way Jesus, Jesus doesn't say call and follow me because it's a good duty. No. Jesus wants us to fall in love. Jesus wants us to, to, to really just run after him because it's good. And so we see that we have to ask in those seasons where, where we're just feeling like it just doesn't feel like it. Like, what do we keep? What, is, what keeps us coming back? And, and this is where we have to guard ourselves from, from where, where that soil, have we put our soil in shallow things? Are we coming back because, you know, the building is nice and warm and it's cold outside? Are we coming back because, man, Stuart does a great job, and he does. But what happens if one day he just doesn't bring his A game? Or, you know, he gets stuck in the snow and he can't make it. That's where that shallow joy, where, oh, music was terrible. I'm never coming back. Oh, the smoke machine didn't work. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's, smoke machine is always the low-lying fruit, right? Like, when you have a good smoke machine, it's great. And it, but it's totally like, it's just extra. Um, 
But I, I just want us to really think, because that's where, that's where that shallow joy comes from. It's from all these extra things. Oh, then somebody greeted me at the door. Well, what happens if the greeter is greeting somebody else, and you walk in and nobody says hi? I'm out of here. Well, I mean, maybe they were just busy, and you just needed to wait. You know, or, or you could say hi to somebody, too. It's not like you know, somebody else always has to be the first one. But at the same time, what, like, how, what is it that we're looking for that Jesus hasn't already done, Right? Gosh, if we're talking about a love story, I mean, what's left for Jesus to do? He died to show us his love, to show us how serious he was. That like, man, I love you. I don't know, Jesus. Okay, well, I'm going to die for you. Oh, that's a little extreme. But it's true. And I get it. We all go through different parts. We all go through different seasons where, where we're challenged and, and, and we're trying to, you know, figure out all of these different things. But, but maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're, you're a leader. You, you've been here so long, you're no longer attending Bible studies. You're leading the Bible studies. And you've been here for decades and you just are serving and serving and you're diligent and you're faithful and it just keeps coming up empty. The harder you work, the more you still find yourself, man, I'm, I'm just exhausted, and I just don't feel, I don't feel any closer to Jesus. And I invite all of us, I invite each one of us that it, wherever we fall on that, come to Jesus. That weary servant, you can come. And lonely wife or husband, you can come. And, and worried or hurting single, you can come. Jesus, Jesus is ready. Jesus is ready to love. Jesus is, is prepared. Jesus is right there. And he is what is going to draw us into the good soil. He is that sower that is patiently waiting and watering and doing all of these things. It's not us. It's not like, you know, the seed can, you know, get up and move around. But he is the one that is working through this. And, and so often, that weariness that we experience, that tiredness, that loneliness, well, could it be that our love for Jesus has grown cold? I know that in the seasons where I feel the most exhausted, the most lonely, the most discouraged, that is exactly what's happened. I'm not in the word. I'm going through the motions. I'm showing up because it's a duty, not because I'm actually excited. And then, you know, we find ourselves not in the freedom that we talked about in Romans earlier, but we find ourselves in slavery to sin and shame all over again. But that's not how it has to be. That's not how we have to stay. And so, you know, as we, um, as we, move, into, uh, as we move into this, we have to ask ourselves about uh, how, what is the status of our love for Jesus and how does that connect for what soil are we? 
and how those two, what is my love for Jesus? Or, or maybe, maybe our conversation with Jesus, we're talking in, the, in like a loving relationship. It's, it's more like, ah, not tonight, Jesus. I don't feel good. Ah, not, not today, Jesus. I got softball. Ah, not this weekend, Jesus. I got a, like a skiing trip. No, Jesus, not now. Not now, Jesus. I'm on the phone. Come on. But at some point, those things add up, right? At some point, those things have to add up. Nobody's judging. But at some point, it's just like, you know what, Jesus, leave me alone. I don't really love you anymore. And we said that with our actions, not with our words, because we're just, we're never, we're never excited about loving or worshiping Jesus we just show up. And that's hard. Because the truth is, we've all, I mean, and I'm still young. I mean, I haven't experienced a lot, but young-ish. Um, uh, but, I mean, the truth is that there's going to be a time in all of us lives where all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where are you? My relationships are struggling. My job is gone. My, my loved one is suffering. My child is just not obeying and just going the wrong way. Or my home is empty. And, and we're, we're at that moment, we're wondering where Jesus was, where earlier it was like, hey, Jesus, I'm busy. And then we realized that actually it wasn't Jesus that left. We boxed him up two weeks ago, right? He's in the nativity up in the attic because he's safe up there. He's when we need him. And, and, and I really want us to recognize that Jesus didn't leave. Jesus doesn't abandon us. But where is our love? How is our love revealing what soil we are? And I think that too often we trick ourselves, right? Trick ourselves into thinking that maybe if I just do a bunch of stuff, then that makes me the good soil instead of just spending time with Jesus. And that the gospel message is that Jesus loves you. And it's not like Jesus didn't, like, doesn't notice that, like, you're not making time or I'm not making time. I've loved, I, I, I'm working together through the Bible with um, a couple of different people and uh, it's interesting with the Bible app because if you do a plan together and anybody's welcome to join us but it's, it's rigorous it's 10 chapters a day um, and I'm like 4 days behind um, and like the other people in the plan know that I'm 4 days behind because there's missing check marks uh, but at the same time it's just like this morning even though with all the crazy and all the getting ready I said you know what I'm just going to start this way and it didn't matter that I'd missed the four days. It was, it just, I could feel it all along. It was quiet. I could feel it. Jesus was like, ah, I was right here waiting for you. I think that's the most beautiful part. It's Jesus is. He's always right there waiting for us. So my, my question is, where are our roots? Where are our roots? I'm going to, I'm going to read this, uh, this next section. 
because we see that, you know, Jesus asks where those with ears let him hear. And when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but without perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. So what we see is that that Jesus died so that we can live, but that, you know, those that are in these other soils, the hard soil, the, the, the rocky soil, or the thorny soil, like they miss it. They, they might have a little pieces of it here or there, but they're going to miss it. That is like the end, the end of those, those, those soils. It's not positive. They don't get like some joy. Like it's, they die. Like, none of those other soils actually produce anything. I mean, maybe for a very short time, they think, oh, this is great. And then it's over. And, and I want to guard us that we got to get out of those. We got to get out. We need to make sure our roots are in the right place, that they're deep down in the love of Jesus. And I'm, I'm just, I'm always impressed. And I love, there's two different places that you can find this. But we're going to, in Ephesians, man, there's such a beautiful passage it's in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure, all the fullness of God. That's how you're going to be good soil is when those roots are so deep down into Jesus' love that you are immovable. That you can be all alone on an island ministering to a people that you don't even speak their language and you just have the most joy because you have Jesus. What else is there? And I think that that's for all of us. That's a, that's a message that we all need to, to really wrestle with that Are we that good soil? Are our roots so deep down into Jesus that we have nothing, we need nothing else? We we are here, I'm here today to tell you that, you know, falling in love with Jesus, it, it, it really is just the most incredible thing. And so we see that God is good. God is good. So we don't have to look elsewhere. For satisfaction. God is good. So we don't have to look elsewhere for satisfaction. And, and I've been continuing to re- be reminded of our church mission statement and how this kind of goes together with, with all of these different soils and, and how it guides us. It, it literally, I mean, I, I still want to thank whoever it was years and years and years and years ago that wrote the mission statement because um, it, it's just, it, it really does it really does hold us accountable, and it guides us and leads us. And so we see that the, the mission of South Sub Church is to bring people to Jesus Christ. Because where else would I want to bring them? I mean, who else is better? You know, it's like right when you get married, you want to introduce your husband or wife to everybody. And then together become passionate followers of him. And I love that passionate because I know that that's actually a challenge just as much as like a goal, right? 
that when we find ourselves just doing it out of duty, it's like, no, 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 that's not our mission. Our mission is not just to serve a bunch. Our mission is to, to, like, to passionately serve. There's this book I try and always, I try and always give um, just little recommendations each time I preach of different books to, if, if you've read the Bible and you've saturated yourself in Scripture and you're looking for, you know, supplemental resources, there's one that's really um, impressed me. Uh, it's by James A.K. Smith. It's called You Are What You Love. Um, I'll put it up higher so people can. Um, and part of it is about how much we can, instead of saying, I love Jesus, we look at the opposite and say, okay, how does your life prove that you love Jesus? Like, what are the different parts of your life? It's, it's similar to in, the, in James 1. It kind of says that same thing. And, and in, the, in the book, at the, towards the very beginning, it talks about the, there's a book written called Little Print, The Little Prince. And um, just in short, it says, if you want to build a ship, he counsels, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. We can ask you to serve South Sub all, all day long. You know, we can tell you about all the different volunteer positions, but that's not going to help you love Jesus. But if you love Jesus, man, you can't wait to serve. If you love God, you can't wait to tell people about him. And then, sure enough, you, you walk in that good soil. You are the good soil. You are multiplying because there's nothing else that you could think is better. So, I just, um, I want, with all of that said, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to uh, close with, with reading the last couple verses, but actually, just how Christ, just how Christ, we didn't have, he didn't have notes that he was working on. What I want for us right now is, I want to finish the way we started. And, and I want us to go ahead and all, uh, all stand. And, and if you have your Bibles with you, we're gonna be, I'm going to be finishing up. Uh, we're going to be starting in verse 13, and we're going to end through, the, through verse 20. And um, if I could have uh, the elders, you guys can go ahead and, and, and come to the front to your um, positions here. And I'll finish reading through this, and I'll give a little bit of a challenge for all of us, and then we'll be finished. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed among the path where the word is sown. So soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word as it was sown in them. Others like seed sown in rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like the seed sown in good soil, hear the word, accept it, 
and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what is sown. So I want us all to think, and I want us all to contemplate, will you come? Will you come? As we, as we ask ourselves, what, are we the good soil? Am I the good soil? Will you come? Are you afraid? Are we, are we continuing to chase these dreams of wealth that we so often are preached in our culture? Are we ignoring the fact that we just can't stop buying more so often? Man, next week I have the privilege of, uh, of baptizing my daughters, which I think is just like, I'm so excited for. And I hope that you can make it um, and celebrate with me. And I, and I want us all to just really take the scripture seriously because I think that part of that journey is repentance. That so many times we have to ask ourselves. It's not, it's not Pastor Grant saying, I don't show up enough. But it's the Holy Spirit saying, where are you? Where have you been? And so what I just, I want us all to think as we, as we get ready for the elders that um, how can we love Jesus? How can you individually be changing and following Jesus?